to The Interlude with Drew. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. It's been a little minute, but we're back with another episode of The Interlude with Drew. Today, I have a very special guest. I've been wanting to have him on the podcast for a while now, and I'm so glad that we were finally able to make it happen. You probably recognize him by face. I'm sure you recognize him by sound. This is James J. Ant Anderson. What's up, bro? Andrew, what's up, my brother? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Can't complain at all. Thank you once again for being a part of this podcast, man. Definitely looking I'm, forward to I'm this. I'm even honored for you, you. I'm even honored for you to even ask me to do this, man. I'm just just a pleasure, bro. Absolutely, bro. You already know. So I want to start from the very beginning. So you were born in and grew up in Chicago, right? So we all know about Chicago, how uh how big they are in music in general, definitely in gospel music. Um can you talk about what it was like growing up in Chicago? What it was like growing up in Chicago. So, yeah, like you said, I'm born and raised in uh, Chicago, West Side, you know, for those who, um, you know, know the city, uh, West Side yeah. of Chicago. Um, always lived on the West Side. Actually never lived nowhere else uh, in terms of the city. Born okay. and raised West Side. You know how some people fluctuate West Side, South Side, West Side my entire life. I don't know anything else. I don't even know how to get around our South without our GPS. Oh, okay, so, okay. Um, okay. So that's how West Side I am. Um, but it's 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 been a blessing, man. Uh, the city, uh, you already know, some of the greatest musicians is from Chicago, and so sure. I just kind of just um, literally um, met Donald Buster Woods. He's from the West Side of Chicago as well, and so I just kind of been under him my whole career. And you okay. know, I got parents uh, that played as well, and so uh, it's 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 been you know I don't have any bad experience regarding Chicago. Of course, you know we got the deaths and shooters and killers but i think that every city have that so yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know other than that it's it's my life was pretty solid dope dope yeah for years i i feel like i was saying like chicago is my favorite city that i've never been to so really? i finally i finally never got been to chicago go. yet? i just i just got to go this past summer i loved it it was dope okay. yeah, yeah, yeah so it, it, it's it's okay. like there's a couple of cities i've been to that i was kind of let down but chicago chicago was dope for sure that's dope man that's super dope Yes, sir. So you 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 talked before about um, growing up with a quartet background. Now, like I said earlier, Chicago's more so known for gospel. But, you know, for those listeners that may not be as familiar, can you share about like the differences and how the quartet world is a lot different from gospel world? Yeah, the quartet uh, world is literally night and day versus the uh, gospel uh, world. And I'll start here. Um, that's kind of where I started. You know, my parents is from quartet, my grandmother, you know, we, I was raised quartet. And so my dad, you know, uh, rest, uh, God bless his soul. Uh, he passed, um, uh, 89. And so, um, okay. I only heard that, um, how, uh, amazing of a musician he was. And so, uh, but he, he was in quartet as well. And so, uh, quartet has a way to, and I'm gonna say it like this: Quartet has a way of literally boxing you in. And what I mean by that is, as okay. us keyboard players, musicians, you know, we 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 can play on one key if we you know if we want to, and yeah. if we don't want to push, uh, we could literally live there and it'd be okay. It's like a crutch. Like we are, it's okay. We all on crutches, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. back then, you know, E flat was my favorite key, and mm. I didn't know that that was a crutch. You know what I'm saying? People right. that I looked up to in the quartet world. They actually embraced it, and it wasn't like a thing. Like, oh, you need to learn how to play these keys. You got to do this. And I was like, you know, until I got out of it, I was like, well, why y'all didn't tell me? And mm. guess what? Some of them same dudes are still crippled to this day. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely a crutch. Definitely. A crutch. And so I, that's 
the one thing for me that stuck out uh, regarding the difference between gospel and quartet is that, you know, we it, quartet music is feel good music. So it don't really require a lot. Right. It just make the song feel good and get out of there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if you got to play E flat to do what you got to do to get it, you know what I'm saying? Versus playing with anybody else. They're like, you transposing? Yeah. Oh, no, nah, man, we got to talk about you. No, no, you can't do that. You know? Exactly. Yep. So, But that was years ago. Not now. It was years ago. I can play on my keys now. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so being that you came from a musical background, like you said, your family was already deep in the quartet world. About what age did you start playing keys? Uh, 2000, actually, uh, I was a drummer first. Um, and, um, I love the drums. I thought I was going to be the cow, the Calvin of my generation. Um, oh, okay. I think I was pretty good. I got, you know, I got some people that have vet, like I was really good at drums and like, mm -hmm. I was, I started really young. And so, but I knew that it was always more, you know, and I didn't know what that looked like. And so I fell in love with the keys because it was a lot of drummers around. And I'm like, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. You know, everybody, right. you know, they can make a beat. And I told my mom, my mom can play too. Uh, and so she started teaching me old quartet songs or whatever. And I would literally, you know, take that and be like, okay, what else do you got? And she's like, well, I don't know none of this. It's all I, you know, and then I started to uh, get out of it, you know. Got you, got you. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like plenty of people, plenty of, well, mainly the keyboard players that I, I interview and then like people I've talked to over the years, I would say mm -hmm. it's gotta be like 95% of keyboard players started off on drums. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Like I, yeah. I started off loving the drums at first, but I never got serious enough to uh yeah. get good before I, I switched over to keys. It's crazy. Now I love drums was listen, I thought I was gonna be the guy. Mm. Literally. And so, but then I started, you know, I, I fell out of love with it and keys, you know. Keys bring you to a whole nother state of loving it. You know what I'm saying? Cause it it, it the the mindset of playing keys is, is so challenging because anybody can get on drums and do this. Yeah, yeah. All that, but to exactly. sit down and be like, man, how do you do that? Like, now I gotta transcribe all these keys mm -hmm. to the one that I love. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's the beauty, uh, beautiful thing about playing keys. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. So, uh, just talking about Chicago, like, there's there's so many greats that came out of there. We mentioned it earlier, but there's people like Kevin Bond, Jason Tyson, Jamel Kimbrough, Percy Beatty, Ray Beatty, Calvin Rogers, Maurice Fitzgerald, Rodney East. There's so many people that came out of Chicago. Like being in the quartet world, did you ever hear about these people growing up or run into them at any points? Yes, uh, I, I actually, um, I didn't know who they were until later on in my career. Okay, got you. Because, like I said, it's this community, right? That, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a mind of its own. Like, we don't even know nothing about, you know, what's going on. Unless, the only way that I got uh, familiar with them is when I started playing at a church that started challenging me. And I'm like, man, what's, what's this? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know nothing about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, who played on this? Now it's like, okay, well, who are these guys? Like, why they sound different? Like, yeah. I want to sound like this. Wow. And so yeah. when I got exposed to that, then I was like, okay, then I started learning who these guys are. And I was like, man, I've been like bamboozled. Like y'all, yeah. y'all been having me in this little closet. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah. Man, that's funny. I know exactly how you feel. Cause like I played key since I was like a, a kid, but I didn't know about any of these people till I was like, I was 
I was about 20 at the time. I started playing for this church and they had all these like Donald Lawrence songs that like yeah. I, I knew how to play, but I had to actually sit and practice. And then I didn't really start paying attention to like details. So then I felt the same way. Like, man, I've been I could have been so much further along if somebody yeah. would have just told me like, yeah, study this, listen to this. Yeah, it's crazy. And so even, even to your point now, that's why my biggest thing right now is is that I reach for this next generation and, oh, yeah. and put them on, you know, put them on game and say, hey man, are you studying this? Because when I started, like YouTube wasn't a thing, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So right like, now I'm sending them all of all the Mike Burrell clips that I learned. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, all of those to God be the glory joints, you know, and shout mm -hmm. out to Mike uh, for those uh transcribing them songs and it actually helped and yeah. it matured me as a player. And so, but yeah, I didn't have that. We had to go to concerts, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. And I back then I couldn't afford no cassette tape. You know what I'm saying? Nah, like nah. not the one that record anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like exactly. that a, a Walkman or whatever you call it. But we, you know, and so that was my way of getting out and learning is is going to concerts. And back then in Chicago, it was a concert Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, every week. Sure. Yeah. Every weekend. And mm -hmm. guess what? Some same guys were either on stage, you know, Philip Feaster and some guys you have a name, um yeah, Rex yeah, Harvey. Yeah. Like Varro, like these guys were at, literally at concerts and going for blood, and that's yeah. that was our YouTube. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it's it. I, I felt like so behind once I realized like what I had been missing. Even then, I still wasn't going to concerts like that. But yeah, it, it's it's just like you say. It's definitely I definitely make a point of telling the next generation like, hey, y'all got the cheat code now. Like y'all y'all yeah. definitely got to take advantage because yeah, yeah, we grew up in that era. We had to listen on cassette tapes and if you really wanted to study you had to rewind and all that it's it's not yep. the same but we thank god for growth though <laughs> yes sir <laughs> yeah so once you once you really started getting serious about uh playing keys like what was your practice routine like like how much time were you spending what were you particularly listening to that kind of grew you well um honestly man um my my i, I want to say that, uh, the, the guys that i listened to or the time that i put in uh, literally was rehearsal uh and i know most guys don't like to hear you got to practice 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 yeah because it's not it's not like this thing that you just be like here you have it now you gotta mm -hmm. be now you cold now you gotta yeah. put in the work literally you have to sit down and uh, i tell people all the time um when you sit down don't play what you know that's right. not practice it's called playing what you know that's play what good. you don't like total praise we know it's the c, uh, c sharp play it in d right and and um put time in and sit with your craft, you know what I'm saying? And I would say every day, man, I didn't have no gigs, so I was hungry. And so like when I get out of school, I had a Casio with the speakers on it. Mm. That was my time, you know what I'm saying? When I got out of school, I do my homework and I go to my keyboard. Cause mm. I knew I had rehearsal um later on that night, or I was going to somebody rehearsal. Yeah. And so uh listening and putting in and work. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's good. Yeah, because I feel like when you once you kind of get that awakening, you gotta almost deprogram yourself from like yeah. playing and thinking the way that you always did. Yeah. So once you did start to get good, like what I know, usually people start off with like local choirs or local artists. Like what what type of uh, things were you doing locally once you got into the gospel world? So uh, after I left quartet and um, I, I met Donald Buster Woods um, yes. from Chicago, um, and shout out to him. Uh, he basically um, made me who I am today. He gave me the opportunity to uh, be an MD for this group called Donald Buster Woods and G3. It's a okay. guy that's a glorious name. And uh, we was traveling around Chicago. Um, 
it, the band was me, Thaddeus Johnston, Isaiah Sharkey, oh, wow. um, Brian Pettis, Denton Harris, uh, Desmond Davis. It was a lot of us. So we used to literally switch off. That's how it was. It was oh. called, it was to literally switch off. And so it, sometimes I would play, sometimes I wouldn't play. Okay. And it just depends. You know what I'm saying? If this was my song, I play. If it wasn't my song, I'd just be sitting there cheering on the band. And so um, Donald Buster Woods basically gave me the opportunity to to produce and uh, to make loops, to do my arrangements. And sometimes it was trash and he'd tell me, like, hey, nah, try it again. And that's, <laughs> that was his way of basically teaching me the ropes. Yeah. Excuse me, without even saying, like, no, nah, don't do that, do this. He never sat down and showed me nothing. He just told me that it was bad. Okay, okay. And that was my way of, of being, okay, I got to go back to the drawing board. Okay, well, let's do this arrangement. That's horrible. Oh, like, man. Mm. But it taught me, like, hey, man, you got to bring your A game. Yeah. And so, like, game. now I know I got I got to bring it. And so that that tough love taught me to be who I am today. And so, um, yeah. That's dope. So in, in the quartet world, um, did you ever play organ at all, or was it just mainly keys? Yeah, if I was sitting in with an artist or something. Okay, okay. But that late, that was later on. I wasn't touching the organ because remember. And then the other part of it was quartet guitar players because you know quartet is built around guitars. Yeah, yeah. And they tune 440, which is E, you know B E A D. Oh yeah, yeah. Or G or whatever the notes is. And so I'm like, I'm not playing this in no G. You know mm, what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. playing this in no B. I'm not true. playing this in no E. And then yeah. later on, somehow the guitar players start tuning 430. Which oh. is flats. Oh, okay. So now you got E flat, B yeah, flat. Yeah, so a it worked flat. out. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like this. And so um, then I would start sitting in on organ. Okay. When they changed that. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can play in these keys. You know, but anyway, with quartet, it's literally getting in and getting out. You know what I'm saying? Especially mm -hmm. with organ. You don't have to play flat fives and sharp nines. And exactly. you know, you can, it's straight major or minor. Mm -hmm. Maybe sharp fives, maybe, you know, depending on the song, but all those arguments, you ain't got to play all of that. And so yeah. I didn't know how to play that stuff anyway back then. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely, I'm sure that was an adjustment as well, because gospel, they want you to do everything A to Z on the organ. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then they want to take it up a half step when it's the exactly. song is recorded. It's recorded in F sharp. Come on, let's right. do it. I, it's just a little too low. Let's take it up. I'm like, right. nah, I know what y'all be doing. Y'all be trying to test us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then y'all don't want to pay us the right mm -hmm. way. But that's yep. not sorry, go ahead. Very true. Sorry. Very true. But yeah, so like I know there's a lot of keyboard players or people transitioning the keyboard that are either in that place of trying to get out of transposing or they just pass it, but they're still not confident. What would be your advice for like ditching the habit of, of transposing and like fully being able to learn all your keys? Cause I know everybody has different uh pathways to get in there, but what's your advice? Well, one is literally sit down and practice, right? Get Sit down. Don't get on and play what you know. That's not practicing. And I, and I just said it just a second ago. Mm -hmm. Like, we have a, you know, even you, I'm pretty sure you just sit down and you just, you, you know what sounds good for you or you know what feels yep. good. You mm -hmm. know your favorite key. We automatically go to that. Mm -hmm. Automatically. Right. But how about doing the opposite of that? Go to your non-favorite key. Exactly. Yeah. And, and do what you love to do in your favorite key, your non-favorite key. And transcribe that all to all of the keys. And yes, so sir. spending time, I remember one day um, I was at church. Um, this had to be like 10 years ago. And I'm like, I'm going to play everything in D today. Mm. So I played keys. And so whatever key they went to, I was in D. Yeah, yeah. 
and that basically helped me. And I and I did it every week. I'm gonna plan G this week because mm-hmm. if you don't do it, man, it's you're not gonna be you're not gonna be better or you're not gonna grow. Yeah, it's not gonna be a challenge if you yep. keep on hitting that button. The other part of it is for me, I got embarrassed so much because. Once I got out of quartet, I found me a church to play at. And then when I started hanging around down the Buster Woods, uh, this pastor named DeAndre Patterson, I don't know if you know uh, Pastor yeah, DeAndre. Yeah. Uh-huh. I used to play at church. That's Buster, down the Buster Woods. That's his pastor. And okay, I used to have okay. to sit in on Sunday night broadcasts and stuff with him. He went, he would embarrass us. And guess what? He's a, he's a pastor that plays. Oh, okay. And, and if you don't know it, he's going to sit down and you're going to hold the mic. I'm going to hold the mic while he's teaching me the song <laughs> in that key. Yeah. And this is real time yeah, while the broadcast yeah. is going on. Wow. And I have to play it back. Wow. How embarrassing that is. You don't, you don't oh, want yeah. that to happen to you nope. as a musician. Nah. That's either going to make you or break you. And for me, it, it, it made me because it's like, okay, well, I know he's not doing this because he hates me. He's mm. doing this because he he loves me and he want to push me. And so I took it as a, okay, cool. It's, it's a challenge. Let's get it. And so, when I came back, I'm like, you ain't gonna do that to me again in this yeah. yeah. And I came back and then he did it again, but then it was with a song that I didn't know. Mm. And I was like, dang. Yeah. And so that 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 challenged me. And so I would say, man, get get to a place to where you can be challenged. For if sure. you're not being challenged, you're at the wrong place. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate, but it's fortunate at the same time. A lot of times we learn in those trials by fire, like on the spot yeah. where you got no choice but to sink or swim. So, but yeah, either yeah. way, I, I feel, I just feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's for your own growth sake to kind of get out of that. Cause they're never going to stop putting transpose buttons on the keyboard. So they're never going to stop doing it. And I think that, you know, if I could be honest, I mean, some of your best keyboard players still use it, but like in the studio, for example, mm-hmm. I can use it here, but I know for sure that I can play it on my key. Now, if you want like this, I said like this, if you want, if you want the best out of me, I'm gonna play it in the key that I can do it in. And, oh yeah, here, yeah. back at on the road, I'm gonna I'm gonna execute it. But if you want me right. to ex, ex, execute it, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna put it in the key that I can actually play it in. And, and yeah. if they lie to you, you keyboard players that's watching this, you a liar because <laughs> we all do it. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but as long as long as you're able, like you gotta you gotta yeah. be able. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In order to get able, you gotta put in that work for sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So you eventually, I know it, it wasn't like right away after w- what we just discussed, but you eventually started playing for John P. Key. Was that the first like big artist that you played for or major artist? <clears throat> I will say yes. Uh, before that, uh, I got my start uh, with this uh, youth choir, um, What Women and the Soul Children. Um, I'm, I'm not sure uh, you heard of them, but they, they made the song yeah, popular. Yeah. Shabbat. Yep. Hallelujah. Yep. And so yeah. I was able to travel. I've been to Israel with them, been to Sweden, been to Norway. Uh, they did a lot of abroad uh, tours, and um, I was blessed to do that for maybe six or seven years before oh, wow. I got caught with anything else. So basically, um, all of these things before, it, it grew me to be, you know, um, ready for the big, big stage, if okay. you will. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I Actually, this past summer, I was in um, Louisiana, at this church and they actually play Shabbat. I was like, yo, okay, yeah. I grew up on this, but I ain't never had to play it. I was, it's still yeah, a dope yeah. song though, but yeah. For sure, it is. It's, it's, yeah. It is. yeah, so uh, uh, playing for John P. Key, like how did that come about? Um, One of my homies um, back then, this is when Instagram was a thing. Well, not a thing, but right after social cam. And so 
Instagram yeah. became a thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, John Piquet, and if you know him, follow him, he's always showing love and he's always looking for the next. And he for was sure. like, man, I'm looking for a string arranger or something. And I was like, man, uh, one of my homies tagged me and like, hey, bro, you should do this. Mm. And I was like, man, you think he gonna, you know, this is a side conversation. I'm like, you think he gonna respond? And then he was like, man, you dope, man, try it. So I ended up sending him some string stuff that I've done. And then I got an email back from his team saying, all right, cool, hey, try this song. And I still got the song in my email. Uh, I ain't gonna play it though, but I, I got the song on my hard drive. Yeah, you send that later. <laughs> gotcha. And um, ended up doing it. I think I did a good job. Mm. I sent it back like 20 minutes later, uh, 30 minutes later. And um, he emailed me back like, all right, cool. I want you to try this one. And so none of this was free. I was just hungry for the opportunity. So it yeah. wasn't for me. It's never about money. So musicians, we don't do stuff for money. We just do it because we love it. But money so happens to find us. There's just a, just a plug. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So um he did he sent me like three songs and then he called me that night. It had to be one or two o'clock in the morning. I, I'm talking about I'm asleep. <laughs> Please <laughs> sleep. He like, what's up, uh Jay man? I'm Mr. Pastor. And I'm like, man, I, I woke my wife up like Pastor Key called me. Pastor, <laughs> like, wake up. Like I'm excited, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Miley Cyrus on the phone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so but uh, anyway, he was just like, Man, I love your work, man. You're phenomenal, man. You know, welcome to the team, whatever. I was like, dang, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, that's how it happened. And then um, I ended up being a producer on, you know, with the team, with the key team. Wow, that's dope, man. Yeah, and as we know, like John P. Key's easily one of the greatest gospel artists of all time. So. One of the greatest, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's a start. And then, like, not only is he one of the greatest, but like, especially, I mean, it's all it's been since forever. But his bands have always been like top yes. tier. Yes. Here. So to go. And guess from, what? They're born and raised uh, from Chicago. Uh, Calvin Rogers, Maurice Fitzgerald, right, Tony Russell, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Randolph. You know what I'm saying? Joy Buffalk. Yeah. You know, Chicago all day. Yeah, definitely. So it's like you're following right in that lineage of, of yes. like Chicago yes. players for him. And I remember, yeah. um, I like I saw the video obviously, but I didn't re- recognize it was you till years later. But that 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 uh, aim video that y'all did, yeah. with yeah. the crazy arrangements. I like yeah. years later, I was like, wait, is that is that Jay Ant? Cause yeah. yeah, that's dope. So like what were the rehearsals like for John P. Key? Man, we didn't rehearse. They oh, sent you the music wow. and you show up. We ain't no rehearsal. And that's really? what I mean by being prepared. Like when you, you have to be trusted so that way that when your name is called, people say, Oh yeah, he's gonna be he gonna show up. And wow. so for me, I didn't have a name. All I had was the grind. Mm. So he sent me all of those arrangements. I had to learn, I had to spend time with it. Wow. And guess what? I couldn't be transposing. Then I was playing organ. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I wasn't yeah. playing keys. Then it was it wasn't until later on that that year um that I started playing mains with him. You know what I'm saying? But you gotta start off. Uh, and I'm not an organ player, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I but put me where you want me to put me. I mean to put me, I'm gonna drive him, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's just how my mindset is. Even the ox, I'm not even an ox player, but I if you put me in that space, I can do it. I'm a piano player. I love piano. Yeah. But like because I record a lot, you know, I can fool around with organ. I can fool around with ox, but right. that ain't where I'm most comfortable. And so, but the world will probably never know if I if I never said that. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, you could have fooled me because <laughs> the last few posts that you did, I'm enjoying them. Um, where you showed the ox like before and after, like that's to me. I mean, to anybody, that's a gift to be able to like yeah. literally bring a song way more life through ox like can you talk about that approach like in the studio versus live because it's totally different well, i know yeah it's, it's night and day uh, in the studio i get to you know 
spend time. I, I get to chill. I get to work at my own pace. Right. Um, live, you got to execute. You don't have time to figure it out. You ain't got time for error. You know what I'm saying? But everybody make mistakes. And I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but uh, I'd rather record at home because I'm, I'm in the in my own home, I can take my time. I ain't got nobody watching me. I ain't nobody over my shoulders. And so with live, it's it's a little bit more in your face. You got to be a little bit more present. Oh yeah. And so, uh, but but the mentality has to be the same in terms of getting it done. Yeah. Live is just it's more dominant. And at home, I can you know I can make a lot of mistakes, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I can do it again until I figure it out. But live, mm-hmm. you know, you have to right on the, on the spot. For sure. For sure. So. Um, I'm not too sure how long after, but um, you eventually started to play for Todd Delaney, right? What year was that? It had to be 2016, 16 or 17. Okay, okay. So this is after, <clears throat> um, this is after his, uh, not his first, but his big album, A, a Worshipper's Art, uh, Heart, the one yep. that first started taking off. Yeah, it just, yep, that record just came out, and then um, I had the opportunity to play a few times with him got you got you so what how did that start and like what what was that experience like in general uh, it was one of the greatest things that happened to me um you know by this time i was trying to figure out like who i was who mm-hmm. james was who jn is and so a uh, guy gave me an opportunity to meet ty uh, and i met him a few years before that um when he was signed to gold street uh records um and then um he was doing he had a, a release in Chicago, and I met him, and I told my wife, I'm like, man, I, w- I would like to play for this dude one day. Like, he's a good dude, and yeah. I like his music. Yeah. And this was when, like, you know, this is before Travis Green. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Travis Green was already a thing, but I can't remember. Worship wasn't as dominant as, as it, it was. is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, So it was like, man, I like this sound. It's fresh. I love it. You know, it's not too difficult, you know, yeah. and, and I'm pure, you know. And I, I saw myself playing with him even before I got the opportunity to do so. Mm, got you got you yeah I, I i if i remember i mean i don't know why but it stands out in my memory i remember uh travis green had been out for uh like a while and then he took off with the um the album with intentional and made away that was like 2015 and yeah, yeah. todd delaney already had an album out he was known for that um pulling me through but he wasn't like a mm-hmm. big artist then a worshiper's heart came off and then that's when it kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. started the anthem yeah. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, i meant yeah. to say earlier was was molly music Mally, remember Mally had started that that sound. Right. He just yeah. kind of phased out, and then Travis came in. Yeah, he took the, it and ran with it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so after a worshiper's heart, then you guys eventually recorded the uh, your great name recording. Um, had you mm-hmm. recorded live before that? Yeah, I did a few records. It was it was uh, it was locally. It wasn't uh, with nobody um, on that caliber of um of an artist, uh, but it was locally, uh, with Donald Buster was, of course, um, that was about it. I didn't do nothing else uh, outside of that. Got you. Before that came. Okay. So that, that your great name, um, album was definitely a dope album. So like starting off with Todd with that, you already got like two, in my opinion, uh, two classics, King of Glory, your great name, and then a whole lot of other solid songs on there. Um, mm-hmm. talk about, cause you know, for me as a musician, I know for a lot of other people, we want to be a part of something that's like timeless. Like to this day, if you play your great name in a church, like it's, it's up, like, it's, up. It's, it's going crazy. Like I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I personally don't get tired of that song. King of glory, you play in a church worship is going forth. Like how does yeah. it feel to be a part of 
like classic songs like that right away, like starting off with uh, Todd? Wow, man. I've never thought about it from, from the perspective that you said that. I've never thought about me being a part of something that's timeless. Yeah. But to think about it now, man, it's, it's, I'm honored to even, you know, been asked to play keys on this. And it's, it's, it's super dope, man, because I get a lot of musicians saying how, you know, we help change culture, but I still don't see that in my mind. It's just, mm -hmm. I'm just out here just loving the Lord and just playing, you know, playing and having fun. And I don't even think about it from that perspective, but it's, it's, it's dope. Man, it's dope. Super dope. Oh yeah, yeah. If you don't see, yeah. I definitely, I definitely gotta give the flowers then because, like, looking like I, I definitely, I feel like I almost studied the progression of how things went. Like around that that 2015 time, it was like the 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 real edgy gospel sound started to kind of tone down a little bit, and then Travis Travis's sound took off, and right after that, Todd's sound took off, and with the Your Great Name record, I feel like that song in particular was like right down the middle. Cause I, I remember I was talking to um V Keys about this years ago. And he was like, that song is great because it's not too difficult for people that are used to CCM, but it's also has just enough, just enough edge for like gospel players to enjoy it. And then that, yeah. like he kind of like Todd really finessed that lane. And, you know, and that 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 became like what what we're um used to now. So that um i think that 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 was like a huge moment in in like the shift in gospel and then of course um where i met you was at a live concert with todd and y'all take it up a whole nother level um in the live concert so like what what because i know i know jamel kimbrough usually like produces the the mm -hmm. record stuff but like what is what what is the process for like the the live um shows so <clears throat> shout out to my brothers um uh, the, the band they used to play with us. Yeah. And so uh, one thing, uh, BJ on bass, uh, Jalen Moore on drums, uh, Vic and Cristiano guitar, uh, and Dukes is still there. Um, one thing that we would thrive on is making sure that we gave people Jesus. That was yes, it. Sir. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't to where it was like, man, now what did this do? Like you understood what we were doing. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? We was very intentional about the da -da -da, whatever lead line and I would lead them. And that's, that was my job as a as the MD is to lead those moments. And so uh with playing with guys that understood who I was and then they understand what God want to do in that moment, yeah, makes it easy for me to do my job as an MD. I've played and uh, worked with some guys that just are not good people, you know, and, and it makes it hard to to create chemistry with somebody mm -hmm. that's always, you know, bumping heads. And so oh, yeah. uh, being able to play with them dudes, I go to war any day with them guys. Even right now, you know, yeah. the shameless plug, we got a new single coming out. The name of the band is Unified. And so uh oh, okay. new music coming out. Oh. So, but oh. but them dudes, man, um and right now, if you go get us right now and put us in the room, you're gonna get Jesus. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right now. Like right now. And it's eight o'clock in the morning. Right right yeah. now. I go get them right now, and you be like, "All right, what what y'all doing? We bringing the king in. That's it." Mm, that's and I think that that's what we was created to do is is uh, is to create sound. And so, um, but in those moments with these guys, it makes it easy for Todd to do what he do. It makes it easy for the singers to do what they do. Because at the end of the day, we're all creators, right? And we look, we gotta look at it like when we get into a space, God is always saying something. But what is He saying though? Our job is to ignite that and to make the room, you know, uh, make make it a place to where they understand what God is saying, Absolutely. whether it's through guitars, 
cymbals, keys, strings, whatever. And so being able to to share the stage with them guys, man, it's I think that we've changed a lot of lives because Absolutely. we uh, because of our yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you mentioned earlier uh, talking about like just being good guys to be around and like work with. Mm -hmm. Like I can definitely attest to that from the first time I met y'all. It felt like I knew y'all for years. Like y'all, yeah. I was super down to earth, willing to have conversation. Even Todd too, like, you know, all y'all was like real down to earth and just mm -hmm. chill and everything like that. I appreciate that. Cause you know, yeah. but from, from my experience, most of the musicians I've met have been like that, been down to earth, but I know that's not mm -hmm. the case all the time. Like some could be real grand and, you know, difficult yes. to work with, but I appreciate yeah. that about all y'all, that, that whole band that, you know, every one of y'all was humble, you know, you're, you're keeping the main thing, the main thing. So that's, that's yeah. definitely dope. But, but Back, back to your point, I think the other thing is like we're Christians, right? We're playing gospel music. We're not rock stars. Exactly. We don't even have room to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this is not for us. And so God has given us a platform. Keyword, God has. Yes. Not me. This is not the goodness of my own. This is the goodness of, of, of Jesus. And so I think that, you know, musicians that are like that and being granted. And and I know I know I know most of y'all are great, but that ain't the way, you know what I'm saying? And that's mm -hmm. why it's important us to be that way and to show people like no you could be actually cool and not be a douchebag you know what i'm yeah, saying like right. it's okay it's, it's okay to be ready it's awesome. okay to go talk to people that look up to you that that probably love you mm -hmm. and that probably thought that they would never meet you it's okay to have conversations with those people because right. they make us who we are absolutely it's like a pastor pastor in the church but he don't want to go and, and and go you know hug the people they're like well you you need to do that. Like we pay yeah. your bills. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, be that's nice. part of your, part of the process. Yep. But people don't like that part, and I think that you know the day and the hour is coming to um, to now that you know you're going to be exposed, and people are not going to like you because you're talented. Mm, yeah. People going to love you because you're like, hey, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Right. And I appreciate people that you know even check on me in my inbox or whether it's Facebook just to check in and say, hey man, hey, I love what you're doing, man. Be encouraged. And it's not yeah. like taken away from you know it don't, it don't take much to say hey man thank you for you know thank you for even sending this because it's encouraging and so just be and i said in another interview just be a good person man. you can't it's free it's mm -hmm. free you don't even cost you nothing to be a good person definitely definitely yeah man that's 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 life advice in general man just be mm -hmm. just be a good person that's that's it man. Yeah, man. for real so along with that um journey with with um ministering with todd you guys got to go to africa you even recorded in africa what is it like being able to minister over there i know it's totally different from here in the states man um it's africa i, I love africa um excuse me um that's where uh we got our second win um and that's who we found out that like what god really called us for because i remember one day uh when we went to africa the very first time um one of the pastors there, he was like, all right. And we sang all the songs that we know, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that we knew from your great, we sang all of them. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have any songs left. So we started creating. That's when that started happening. Wow. Pastor okay. put us on stage and he was like, all right, go ahead. And we like, so we started creating. And then that's wow. when the song of the Lord became um, like a real, real, real thing for us. And, mm. and um, it shifted us to that next level um and then um that's who we became and that's who we are now wow wow so it started in africa wow yeah 
Yeah, because I, I vividly remember like the first couple of times that Todd had posted that, you know, you you guys are just reading scriptures and coming to coming up with, you know, melodies. And of course, I believe the the first time it was recorded was at um can't even think of the past. World Harvest. You were Harvest. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what was that like? Like on the spot, and then now we got a song I didn't know. people still singing. I got the I'm gonna post it. I think I have it somewhere. I got the before and after when we did the overdubs and when we before. Oh. And so people think that that's a real song. It's mm. not a real song. It's a flow. Wow. He was singing the song. It's not even on a grid. Like it was literally after we did. Uh, I think after we did your great. It's in B flat, so I'm sh- pretty sure it's after we did your great name. Okay. And he started doing this thing, and I was just like, "All right, guy, it's on you." So yeah. I started wow. coming up with this, mm-hmm. and it just happened. Wow. Everything that y'all see in that video, it happened real time. Wow. Of course, the overdubs make it feel like it's natural. Of course, it's yeah. supposed to. Yeah. But that happened in real time. Mm-hmm. Man, that's great. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Like, I'm pretty sure it was kind of raw, like from that night. And then I remember like comments was going crazy, like, oh, we need this. And then they kind of like, you know, overdubbed to add, add the sauce. And then like yeah, now, yeah. like I said, people still sing that. And then it just started yeah. from a flow. Yep. Yep, Ty actually gave me uh writing credit for that song. Oh, dope. Too. Okay, okay. Shout out yeah. to Ty for that, man. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so like it that started, I feel like that started to be kind of like what people came to expect in the concerts, like you know, pull the Bible out and just flow in the moment. So it, it's almost yep. like you gotta be ready at all times, right? Yeah, and I think that that's that's us as worshipers, it's 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 so important for us to live a life that's pleasing to God because I think that the, the other part that, and I get a lot of uh, asked questions regarding this is, man, how do you able to hear God clearly? And I'm like, well, you know, and I'm not perfect, but I, I try to hear him off the stage. So when I do get on the stage, it's easy, it's easy to hear his voice. Yes, and some sir. people just think they can cut it off and cut it on because when God started talking, he's not going to stop talking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's every day. You shouldn't wear that. You shouldn't go there. You shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And so making choices in that moment you know, I try to hear him all the time. And so when he starts, when Ty starts singing a song, I'm like, I don't know, but let's let's see. Mm-hmm. And it happened. And I looked at him, I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Like, it just happened. And the magic, like, camaraderie, like, and then I know him off stage, too. So it's just, it makes it easier to deal with someone that you know. And then when you get into the spirit realm and stuff, it's Senate. jail. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. What 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 would you say to younger musicians about like, you know, expanding your horizons and just being, you know, being almost like a chameleon, being able to like work in any situation? Um, I didn't even and this is something else. I didn't even think about it until you said that. Like, I've know that I can do um, you know, a lot, but I've never even thought about being able to, you know, be a chameleon, like you just said, being able to go and put me anywhere. Um, but like I said in another interview was that, like, uh, because I grew up with nothing, I was always hungry for, you know, whatever opportunity got my face. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you put me in jazz, if you see me with Herbie Hancock, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's dead or alive, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that I can thrive in that. Mm-hmm. And, and being a student, you know, uh, be a student. We don't need no no chiefs. We need students. Oh, yeah. And I think that when you're a student, um, God will uh, create opportunities for you to go and, and then you not have to conform to Absolutely. the room. And um, I'm not the greatest musician. I mean, but I know how to play my part. And I think that 
you know, this YouTube um, generation, this social media generation, it says you got to be one thing, but that's a lie because I'm not that. I can't go sit, you know, side by side with my brother and Gibson. I just can't. That ain't who I was or what I was created to do. Yeah. And uh, you just have to be okay with what God called you to. And um, he'll add uh, he'll add everything else to you if you um, just stay consistent and, and be a good person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, one, one of the things that, you know, you you've been, you know, blessed with is uh, a Nord endorsement. So, yeah. Yeah, you uh, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, is honorable, something that a lot of musicians, you know, would love to have. But talk about that, like that partnership with Nord and like what it's been like. Oh, dope. So, like I said um, earlier in the interview, is uh, I got the opportunity to travel to Sweden uh, with White Women and Children. So, this had to be 2005, six, seven. I was playing North then. Oh, uh, wow. and I and and a lot of people don't know this, but my day ones that know me, they know that I ain't you know I ain't telling my story. And so I was already on the Norway because I was able to see it go to the to, to the warehouse. Um, mm. where Noah was birthed. And so wow. I got some homies that live over there that um um they're Nord endorsements. But I, back then I wasn't I didn't even know me having an endorsement was a thing. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. that wasn't mine. And so mm -hmm. but I've been I've been playing Nord before it became famous. I got videos, I got uh pictures. Mm -hmm. Um we playing the very first Nord. It wasn't on Nord stage two. It was just the regular Nord stage. Wow. And I got you know I got pictures of it. And so wow. um uh, I love their partnership. Um, they great, great people, great product. Um, I think my sound, nor helped my sound to be what it is today. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a blessing, man. But I years ago, if you would have said I would have had a Northern Door, I would have been like, you lying, you know? Because mm -hmm. like I said, I'm just my head is down, and I'm just trying to grind. Yeah. So when opportunity presented itself. I just I got ready, so I wanted to, you know. Well, what's the saying? Stay ready. Stay, stay ready. See, so got yeah. Yeah, so just being ready at all times because you don't know what God is going to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's dope because, you know, you've gotten to do videos, uh, you know, doing your sound pack, like showing sounds that you created for uh, mm -hmm. the, the Nord and everything like that. And then just just being able to showcase your gift, it's a little different. I like what they do kind of spotlighting musicians because, you know, being a musician, especially, um, you know, like an MD or something like that, you're supporting the artist. So, like, the artist is... The main thing but like with nor they give like the spotlight to musicians where where they're able mm -hmm. to showcase their own you know most times original music their original creations and then even further their own sounds um yeah. talk about sound design really quick because that's something that's been like a hot topic recently not everybody could do it but you do it well so like what what's your um you know your love for sound sound design where did that start well i'm i'm not the coldest at sound design uh, mm -hmm. i think that i'm okay but uh, one of my homies that helped me is sean uh, i got a homie in chicago tyler um uh, and so i i i do love it but i don't think that like i'm better than them guys mm. and so i know what i like i know how to go in and, and, and change some things but um it's just all depends on what you like i don't think it's a right or wrong way you know if you like roads with a world you know it ain't wrong you know what i'm saying with a little reverb it's not wrong if you like synth with a, with another octave on it and it gives a little bite, you, it just depends on what you like. So for you guys who want to learn, it's no right or wrong to do nothing. Mm -hmm. If that's what you like, you like it. It's like, I like this sweater. You may hate it. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. I mean, I like my hair. You may 
don't like ass. I just mm-hmm. think that it's a preference. Yeah. I think the same way with the, the argument between the motif and the Nord. If you yeah. don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah. Some people love it. Mm-hmm. Some people hate it, you know? But at the end of the day, if it works best for what you're doing, I ain't arguing with you over what you like and what I like. Because I like what I like. And you don't have to live in my skin, you know? And so exactly. um, it's, it's no right or wrong way. And look at guitars, you know? Everybody, Fender, yeah. Ibanez. It's, yeah. hey, if you make it work, make it work, you know? Absolutely. And so it's no right or wrong way um, with what you like. And it's no debate. You like what you like and I like what I like. And so when it comes to, or as it relates to sound, I, I don't think it's a right or wrong way. You know, it's just do it and, and until you fall in love with whatever that sound is. Um, sure. I mix a lot of sounds together. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And so as far as a piano, I learned it from uh, Philip Feaster. He uh, played like a piano on the road, you know, and, and it gives a different kind of bite, you know, yeah, with yeah. a maybe a little, um, it just depends on what you like, you know, it's no right or wrong way. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what, like typically what, which one of the uh, pianos do you typically use for mains um, from uh, Nord? Uh, white Grand. White Grand. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. White Grand. I love, uh, I love the way it sounds. I love, first of all, I'm not gonna even say that because it's gonna go back to what I just said. But I love the piano. I think it's the best piano because it. I love the sample. It mm-hmm. gives you a real piano, you know, oh, yeah. and not not a keyboard piano. Yeah, that's why exactly. I love Nord because of the pianos. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So you 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 just mentioned uh, Philip Feaster. The last time I saw you, uh, you were on the Worship Live tour with Fred Hammond. Um, James Fortune was there. Hezekiah Walker, Anthony Brown. Uh, Todd Delaney was a part of that. Uh, Vashon mm-hmm. Mitchell, uh, even Donnie McClurkin was on some dates. What was that like? I know that was like a, a winter or December tour, but what was that like? Because th- those are all legends as well. Yeah, man. Like I said, I'm to 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 get a call to do anything to play tamarines. I don't care. As long as you call me to do something, I'm going to forever be grateful. And I know that, um, like me starting from the bottom, which is like nothing and then work my way to where I am now. I think that it's only God uh, and the fruit of, of what he's blessed me to do. And so I'm just honored to get, like I said, to get a call to do anything. And so when I got the call to do that, I was just like, man, I'm excited. And yeah. um, you know, I wanted to post, but I didn't. I was gonna wait till I got all of my information and got the itinerary and everything. And then at the rehearsals, yeah. the first day of the tour is when I post. I'm never posting it. In, Cause anything can change. They're like, man, yeah, I thought she was doing any, it. Yeah, yeah, any point. Don't work out. And so musicians don't post until you got receipts on everything until your your first day. Facts. That's great advice. That's great mm-hmm. advice. Yeah, because you never know. It's been plenty of times where you think something's gonna happen and it falls through. Yep. yep. Yeah. I always try not to, to count my my uh, chickens before they hatch. Yeah, you for sure. Know. Yeah, you never know, man. And, and this industry. Here today, gone today. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. So just, just you know, just hold off. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So Fred Hammond is another, another you know, legend. That's my favorite artist of all time. Like that's that's wow. my guy. Wow. Like I, I argue Fred as the goat against anybody. But um, and yeah. John P. Key's also one of my guys. So can you talk about like the difference in like their approach and like what it's like playing for John versus uh Fred? So John is more for like as it pretend like it's dirty church you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. sometimes they're not gonna have all the keyboards and they may not work we still gotta show up mm-hmm. yeah and i would say fred will be a little bit more corporate yeah because yeah. it's like it gotta be this way and if it's not this way we're not performing 
I remember I did a gig with uh, with John. I can't remember where he was, but uh, we was on tour. This was 2016, and um, it was it was me, Paul Jones on bass, C.J. Thompson. Um, Jawan digs on guitar, and I want to say Sean or or, uh, or um, is it Sean or or Justin? I can't remember, but I remember they had a motif. So this is when we we didn't bring no backline. Uh, I told Pastor Key, I said, "Hey man, they don't got nothing in the church. It's not good." Mm. He said, "I will right, well, figure it out." Wow. I was playing an '88 motif classic. Uh -huh. Yeah. The, the right side of the keyboard didn't work at all. Oh wow. So I had oh, to man. transpose the keyboard from middle C all the way up and oh, play wow. it like this. Wow. And so it wasn't like now if I was with with uh, Fred, he would have said, "All right, well, yeah, promoters, y'all gotta you know figure yeah. it out." Yeah. I ain't put him. I got John. Like, all right, now nah, we here. I would tell the people, you know, we here. Mm -hmm. Let's get it. And uh, it, it actually ended up to be one of the best shows, you know, really? for the tour. Um, because it's like, man. When in trenches, man. Like, yeah. hey, what you gonna do? And yeah. we was in the country somewhere too, so it wasn't like they was big on backline. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so we made it work. And so if I was to say the difference between them is 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 John, uh, uh, Fred is a little bit more corporate, and then John is like, "Now nah, we here. Let's get yeah. it done." Mm -hmm. One mix. We all on. It's on only one mix. All right, well, cool. No pro tools or pro tools, or it's gonna be you know just one line going out. And so mm. we we figure it out. That's dope. That's dope. I'm sure. I'm sure you can gain a whole lot of experience. Uh, yeah, working with John that way. That's dope. Yeah. So you're you're also a husband and a father, and you know me as, as a husband and a father. I know what that's like and how that can you know force you to create a balance. Can you talk about like how you've been able to find a balance with <clears throat> giving time to your wife, giving time to your family, but also still having the time? Because I, I remember. You know, when when I reached out to you about the interview, you told me, "Oh, I'm up at six a.m." and that that shows me that you got like a discipline, and you, you definitely want to uh, make the most out of your day. So, you talk about like that balance. So yeah, well, I want to shout out my wife, uh, Fallon um, Siobhan, mm -hmm. and so she she uh, literally gave me the space to do what I need, uh, mm -hmm. and I think the key part of that is is having somebody that believes in you. And she believes in me. she don't trip. I mean, sometimes she trip. It just depends, but. <laughs> But for the most part, um, she just gave me leverage to kind of do what I do. Uh, and so uh, now with us living in Atlanta, she still have her business in Chicago. And so now I just make sure I overly communicate with her, um, you know, for our scheduling mm -hmm. and um, being able to uh, make sure that we're on the same page. And so like being able to like she work in Chicago three days a week, every other week. OK, make sure I'm home. I can't I can't schedule nothing if I'm out. I can't go. Mm. because this is what i committed to and and family is my first uh ministries absolutely so i think that early on in my career i didn't know that um and i think that um with you know growing and being um and and being exposed to a lot of things you learn and god sends people um to help you to understand what that looks like and so um i think that it's no way to um like just get it in terms of just being a family man, I think that uh, what I'm trying to say is, is you can't really learn balance because it's going to change. True. That's true. Uh, and I think that like <clears throat> I want to put my kids in football this year, right, or mm -hmm. some kind of sport. And so for me, it's like, okay, well, how do I manage the role versus being at home to go to my kids' game 
or yeah. now my wife can't go out. Of, you know, she got to go to Chicago. I got to stay home. So it's, it's no way of balancing. I think the biggest part is communication. And I for think sure. that that saves you the headache for all of that. Yeah. Um, so your first ministry is your family, though. Not these artists, because they'll let you down. Mm-hmm. Your family going to always be there. Your kids yeah. going to always be there. Your wife is going to always be there. And so uh, my greatest joy is, <clears throat> is learning um, the balance uh, with communication with my wife. Yeah, that's good. That's great advice because, yeah, communication is definitely key. Like, you definitely, yeah. no matter what's going on, you definitely got to be in constant communication. Constantly, even though it irritates you, mm-hmm. you have to. I remember one time I, when I was traveling earlier on, my wife didn't even know I was going out of town, you know, because I just, I wasn't a good communicator. Mm. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in Dallas today. And she's like, when was you going <laughs> to tell me that? And I just, oh, and, man. That's an argument. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this before kids, though. Okay, okay. It's before kids, but it's still like I gotta tell you where I'm going. I gotta let you know, communicate. I was not the, the best communicator. Yeah. And so I had to learn it. Yeah, yeah. You live and you learn though. Definitely. Life is a continuous growth process. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, we're coming to the end. I just want you to share one more time because I love what you were saying earlier. Um, about having a relationship with God. And I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are like younger musicians. So I just wanted to have you share first any 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 closing advice that you have for younger uh, musicians. And then, of course, as it pertains to a relationship with God, like what what is your perspective on that? Well, I would say to any young musicians, uh, find you somebody that you look up to that can help you. That's number one, because you can't do it on your own. Even me at 36 years of, uh, of life, I have somebody that I can talk to and I can commute to. So I think that understanding that, you know, even though uh, we have challenges in life, like we need somebody that we could talk through and uh, being able to lean on somebody or to even ask and say, hey, man, what you think about this? Or what you think about this arrangement I did? Like, I got little homies that send me stuff all the time and say, hey, man, what you think? And I'll get them my honest opinion. If it's trash, it's trash. If it's, mm-hmm. you know, you need to go back to it. And I think that being able to have that person that you can, you know, that can that you can lean on and, and they'll tell you the truth. I think that nowadays, the generation, they don't want nobody to tell them nothing, you know? Right. And I think that we need everybody. I don't care whether you're a pastor, bishop, archbishop, you need somebody that you could talk to. Yes. And somebody that you can, uh, that believes in you, that, that don't mind telling you the truth. And uh, my last statement would be, um, well, not last statement. Uh, it'll be like uh, the relationship with God peace is so essential uh, because we can't do this on our own. We need a relationship with God because as a, as a, a musician, my career wouldn't be nothing without Jesus. It wouldn't be yeah. nothing. I wouldn't be able to travel the world. I wouldn't be able to play on the records. I wouldn't be able to do nothing that you see today if it wasn't for my relationship with God because I, I, I'm not a, a, a crackhead. I'm, I'm not a, a drunk. I'm not a weed head. Mm-hmm. And I think that th- that needs to be normalized again. Yeah. I think that being able to be filled with the Holy Ghost need to be normalized. It needs oh, yeah. to be like, okay, man, it's cool. You anointed, man. Yeah, I got the Holy Ghost. It needs yeah. to become normal. For but sure. back in the day, it, it, either you had to smoke weed to be successful. I don't. That ain't my story. Right. Right. Um, my story was I, I love God. I mean, and then back then I had me a little few women here and there, but you know, mm-hmm. but then eventually I got married. And so, uh, just your relationship with God is literally um, your next step to dominating what God called you to because we we can't do it on our own and I think that you you can't be talented but don't nobody know your name and so God has to make the way so your name can be great and that's I'm a product of that because like I said it's a lot of guys that can outplay me Uh, but regarding giving you what I know which is Jesus you can't beat me at that 
because that's what right. I was created to do. Yeah. Even when I'm playing with R&B artists or whoever, you're going to get, it may not sound like Jesus, but these, these my Jesus chords. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. With my, yep. with, with my pads and strings. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I don't have to conform to a, a gig. This is who I am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that, man. Definitely, definitely great advice. So if you're listening, please take heed because that's that's coming from somebody who's been successful, somebody who's done yeah. a lot and still remembers where his help is coming from. So yeah, sir. I appreciate that, man, bro. Jay, and I really appreciate you taking this time out of your day to yeah. share, to have this conversation. I believe it's going to bless many people. And I just want to say thank you so much, bro. It's, been, it's, it's definitely a blessing. I'm so thankful that you were able to do this. And thank you for the opportunity, man. Like yes, for real, it's not a lot of people that that um, that um, respects what I do or respects the next man to just want to share their platform. And so I appreciate the opportunity to to, and I pray that this does bless um, somebody, whether it's one person. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. Thank you once again. So as I always say, only what you do for Christ will last. Take it one day at a time and keep it pushing. This has been another episode of The Interlude with Drew. God bless you guys. Until next time. It's The Welcome to The Interlude with Drew.